Today, the RBA has upped its growth forecast for Australia and lowered where they think unemployment's going to be. Stocks fall, but how much of it is down to a rotation out of big tech? RBNZ releases its financial stability report today. We'll also ask if the housing market is starting to cool over there. And the UK COVID fatality rate has dropped to low single figures. And has Janet Yellen forgotten that she doesn't work for the Fed anymore? It's Wednesday, the 5th of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, 10-year Treasury yields down two basis points this morning to 1.58%. They were below 1.56% earlier in the session. The US dollar that was down 24 hours ago is back up today, rising 0.4%. And the Aussie dollar up yesterday, well, it's down 0.7% today. The euro down 0.4%, the pound 0.1% down. Uh, Big falls in equities as well, a 2% loss in the NASDAQ. Uh, Since it's high on the 26th of April, it's fallen almost 4% now. Uh, The S&P 500 is also down almost 1% and a smaller fall in the Dow, but still down as well. Big losses in Europe as well, with the DAX down 2.5%, the CAC down 0.9%, the FTSE 100 down 0.7%, and rises in oil too, up 1.9% for Brent and WTI. And the VIX, the volatility index, shot up in the middle of the session from 18.3 up to as high as 21.8, although it has to be said it has been uh, at its lowest levels over recent days or recent weeks, really, since the uh, pandemic started. Uh, So some swift moves, though. Uh, let's look at what's caused them with Dave DeGaris, Direct Economics for Markets in NAB in London. Dave, uh, it was Janet Yellen what done it, wasn't it? Uh, speaking like she was still running the Fed and saying that basically rates will have to rise to stop the economy overheating. Has she forgotten that she has switched jobs, do you think? Well, that's what, that's what a lot of people wondering, were wondering when saw that headline. In fact, that was what I was wondering and uh, speaking to some of my colleagues about um did she really say that? Um, you know, because we know that uh, Fed Chair Powell, you know, whenever he's asked about the dollar or whenever he's asked about fiscal policy, he said, well, that's not my bailiwick. I don't speak about those. You know, I leave those to, um, you know, Congress or the US Treasury and so forth. So I think in that respect is a little bit surprising. And, you know, the headline was Yellen says rates may have to rise to stop economy overheating. So one, markets were wondering about it. Two, of course, she's the Secretary of the Treasury. She is no longer the Fed Chair, so she doesn't set interest rates as set set by the Fed, um, and and she's not known as a not particularly known as as a hawk, Phil. But I think when you dig below this below the surface for for what she's reported to have said, I haven't heard it with my own ears, but um, was something like it may be that interest rates have to rise at some point. Yeah, uh, to make sure, and you know, our economy doesn't overheat. So I guess well, the take- uh, yeah, it's the time frame, isn't it? I think the market's calmed down because they realised yeah. the time frame she was talking about. She wasn't talking about next week or next month or even yeah. this year, perhaps. She was, she was, she was, absolutely. So it's not as if the Fed's going to take the punch bowl away now when when you know when the recovery is just getting going. It's it's going to be in a different state. Is it going to be much closer to or at maximum employment? Which you'd say the answer is yes if you believe what Fed Chair, Chair Powell has been saying. Uh, ad, ad nauseum. Well, thank goodness we're not in a turkey situation where the uh, where, where the head of the central bank has to do what the government's telling them they should do. Uh, but Robert Kaplan from the Dallas Fed, perhaps this is a bit more interesting. I mean, he said this before, mm. contributing to all this inflation talk that, we, that just seems to be getting uh, thicker and faster, doesn't it? Uh, he says he thinks that inflation is uh, is going to stick around when it gets here. Uh, it's going to stick around into next year. He reckons prices could surge 2.5% in coming months. Uh, maybe it'll drop a little yes. bit, but it's going to carry on. Uh, and he's worried about 
uh, not only, you know, that inflation sticking around and, and pushing up consumer prices, but also asset price inflation brought about by QE if they don't if they don't adjust their asset purchases. And he, so he says they should be doing that sooner rather than later, you reckon? Well, indeed, he is more at the hawkish end. I think the market, you know, took those recent comments in, in a similar way. So, um, you know, he's definitely at the more hawkish end. Of course, he isn't. Uh, he isn't a voter on the FOMC. Of course, he sits around the table with all the other members, but he's not a voter on the FOMC uh, this year. But certainly he's more worried about ex- excess risk-taking. He is more worried about the inflation outlook, and, of course, that's his view. But it's, it's interesting, Phil, it came on a day when we had also had a speech from Mary Daly. From the, she's the president of the San Francisco Fed, and she was saying the US is a long way from digging out of its COVID-19 hole, uh, sees inflation spurt as being transitory. A little inflation would be a good thing for us. Uh, we're a long way from reaching our jobs and price goals. So quite the opposite point of view, I would have I thought. Um, so, and, and, of course, that's much more aligned with uh, the message that we've heard from uh, from Powell uh, as recently as last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone's got to be right, aren't they? And we know... <laughs> We just have Indeed. to choose. Who. <laughs> I mean, she's right, isn't she? A bit of inflation, you know, when you've got people in debt, and uh, obviously there's, we know there's people who are not in debt and they've actually saved, but there's a whole lot of people and businesses in debt, and a bit of inflation obviously helps, you know, if you can well, inflate away from Well, they, they want inflation to be high. Yeah. They want inflation yeah. to be high, and they want, you know, that's all, what all this, and they want it to average 2% over a longer period, so that we, they want to overshoot for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Now, those falls in equities that we've seen today, uh, I mean, they actually do reflect the recovery, don't they? Because it's it's not a uh, not, not all equities are down. It's a rotation out of big tech stocks. We've got industrials, energy, financials all going high. It's just they've not gone high enough to offset the the fall in tech. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a market shifting to to reflect where we are with the recovery. I think you could you could mount that argument. So we you know right as I look at the screen now, Phil, the Nasdaq is down over two percent on the day, and and. Inevitably, we try and attribute day and intraday movements to what is said and done. But certainly, the Nasdaq is down over two percent. Uh, the S and P by less, it's down by less than one percent. And if you look at the broader indexes, um, the Russell two thousand down by one and a half percent. The Wilshire five thousand down by one point two percent. The Transport Index down, you know, which some people say is the best, one of the best cyclical barometers, has, has hardly changed today. So you could say it's that rotation uh, argument that's going on there as the, as the market seeks to rebalance, um, you know, and, and, and it's, it, you know, we know that NASDAQ tends to be more sensitive to to interest rate news. Now, we had the, uh, the a big fall in the Aussie dollar. It's just above 77 US cents, but it dipped below that, didn't it, during the day yesterday. The tack taken by the RBA yesterday, I mean, won't have surprised anyone, but maybe the trade data just before the RBA did. I mean, we saw exports falling 2% in March, imports up 4%, so all up, quite a fall in the in the trade surplus. I mean, at least we've got a trade surplus, and it's quite healthy, but it did dip a little bit. I think, you know, I think when you look at the trade surplus, often a bad tra- trade surplus number is evidence of a stronger economy. In other words, it mm. can, the surplus reduces or the deficit goes bigger when the economy is going strongly because it just sucks in imports. More. Right, yeah, yeah. buying yeah, more. Exactly. So yeah. um, I don't think that would necessarily be seen as a bad thing as far as the economy is concerned. So you know, it also came with um, you know more reports of of, of uh, 
of rising house prices, uh, strong housing finance, including from investors. So the housing market is just going from strength to strength at the, at the present time. So um, the Aussie, it just in the past, well, for, for a few weeks now, seems to have been as much reflective of the day-to-day movements in the US dollar as, as anything else. I mean, just look at where iron ore is right now, still uh, trading in the 180s to 190s. So it's still at very elevated levels. And even today, Phil, oil is up and base metals have made gains, even though um, we have seen um, uh, equity markets jittery today. So we're going to see their full forecast. We know that they are pushing their targets up for growth uh, uh, and we'll get the full forecasts on, on Friday. Yes. Uh, and they've lowered their unemployment rate forecast as well, haven't they? Well, indeed, they've, they've added a percent, uh, more than a percent to their, uh, their forecast for growth this year. They've lopped another percentage point off their forecast for the unemployment rate to 5% at the end of this year. That was 6% and uh, 4.5% at the end of next year. Hardly changed the inflation forecast, put a quarter of a percent or so onto that, but only see it getting to 2% at the end of their their published forecast horizon, which is mid-2023. So the the situation they will face in July when they review the... um, review the yield curve control is that, I mean, the numbers have been improving. So, mm-hmm. and that's what they said. Uh, they've been saying is they'll be looking to whether to extend the yield curve control from the April 2024 bond to the November 2024 less bond. less likely now, isn't I it? I think so. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. it's less likely. They're, they're going to close off the, um, the bank's term funding facility at the end of June. They may, yeah. though, uh, extend QE for longer, Um they may well taper it, you know. That's what we're inclined to think at this point in right. in time. Of course, that's you know for another six Just, months or so. Right, but they're saying they're going to consider the future of bond purchases at their July meeting. So yeah, absolutely at the July meeting, yes. So yeah. you know that's that's when they have to make the decision about the uh, the three year yield curve control. So our inclinations think that they won't extend it from uh, from April to November, but may well extend QE for another six months or so. Right, you can go graph crazy today as well because eleven thirty this morning they released their latest chart pack, which has uh, got a graph for just about everything in it, hasn't it? Uh, now the RBNZ releases its financial stability report today. Obviously, the housing market is going to be a key consideration. There's a bit of anecdotal evidence. There's a report in the New Zealand Herald yesterday mm, saying that mm. the uh, the core logic house price index is showing signs that demand might be slowing. Uh, there's less demand for house valuations, and they say uh, fewer buyers are talking to banks about issuing mortgages. So the uh, those restrictions on loan to values, um, the LVRs, they might be working. And they're only reinstated in March, weren't they? Well, see, and we and we know the market is very sensitive to um, what the RBNZ says about the housing market, um, and the RBNZ is probably a little bit more sensitive from that point of view to what the RBA is at this particular at this particular juncture. And I think the market will also be paying close attention today, Phil, to the the latest slug of uh, labour market numbers out of out of New Zealand. So we saw in the last report that the unemployment rate was down to four point. 4.9%, um, and the markets are looking for a similar number this time. Now, we know those numbers can be quite whippy at times from quarter to quarter, but, um, you know, the market will be paying 
as much attention to that for you know and we know that business is already reporting some inflationary pressure there so uh, we'll see how that all plays out Uh, and of course not only the financial stability review but there will be a a press conference um, and also uh, the RBNZ team is um, uh, giving parliamentary testimony as well so lots of opportunities for questions there it's all going on isn't it on the other side of the Tasman so 150 million uh, vaccines now rolled out in the United States. Joe Biden is saying he's going to offer tax credits for businesses to get more people vaccinated. The aim is that they'll get 70% of the adult population vaccinated by the 4th of July, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Over 50 million vaccinations in the UK now. That's uh, first and second doses. And uh, the, the number of inflation uh, fatalities reported in the UK today, four. I mean, you know, at the peak in January, we were looking at 1,800 a day. Yes. Uh, we've, we've been on single figures for the last few days now. So I just wonder whether the Bank of England, you know, when they meet later on this week, whether they're going to be uh, talking inflation or hearing more talk of inflation and an over, over overheating economy, uh, you know, if, if the UK bounces back quickly, which it could really do with these sorts of numbers, couldn't it? Indeed. I think the government is rightly... Uh, walking a cautious line at this particular point. The last thing that anyone wants at this point is to go into another lockdown. But as you say, Phil, um, the infection numbers, the hospitalisation numbers, and uh, thankfully uh, mortalities continue to fall. Um, as you say, you know, one or four from well over a thousand is is absolutely remarkable. So obviously, the lockdown has been the big factor there, but. It, it's hard not to believe that um, vaccinations are also playing some part in this trend that we're seeing right now. And obviously, that's going to take time to confirm. But the mm. situation in the United States and the situation in the UK, Israel, uh, would, would add a bit more evidence to that view as yeah. well. Exactly. Now, ADP employment numbers uh, today in the United States, the ISM Services Index, we know they're both going to be good. Uh, a million or more jobs a month is what they're aiming for in the United States. Of course, if it happens too quickly, uh, then people might start shouting inflation <laughs> even louder, mightn't they, if we get uh, the numbers bouncing back too fast? J- jumping, at, jumping at shadows again, frightened of growth, and we've seen that with, uh, yeah. you know, with the, the market and monetary policy expectations. But can't forget that even as far as stocks are concerned, Phil, that you, we may have some rise in, uh, in yields, but you know, the earnings side of the stocks, you know, doesn't change. I mean, that presumably does improve as, as, the, as the growth comes back. But the market's expecting that ADP number to print around 860,000. So, as you say, expecting uh, even a million on the payrolls on Friday would not be a surprise. I think the, the consensus is almost on a million now for, uh, yeah. for, for April. And the next couple of months can be the same or even better, I think. Yeah. All right, great. We'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Dave. Catch you again soon. Speak soon, Phil. Cheers. And that's how it is this Wednesday morning. That's it for the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.